In a world where all the movies are about superheroes, two friends team up to talk about movies from a simpler time, a time before iPhones. They'll search for deeper meaning, mock things they don't like, and of course, there will be spoilers. Please join Terrence McHenry and Hollis Lazzarini as they get real nostalgic. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hello. What's going on today? Uh, we watched uh, The King of New York. 1990. Wow. That and was the year I graduated from high school. Really? Yeah. It was a while later for me. years old. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, 1990. When did you see it? Um, you know, I think I saw it pretty young. I probably saw it probably pretty close to probably maybe when it came out or around right around then. You know what I mean? I was always just really interested in those kind of movies, you know, growing up in L.A., mm-hmm. uh, those like, uh, you know, uh, New Jack City, these kind of movies. They just they, they were they were interesting to me because, you know, the characters in it. I guess to kind of look like me, you know what I mean? Like, um, so it always interested me to see that kind of side of things. And of course it glamorized some things that maybe weren't so great. And of course, you know, I had great parents that taught me right from wrong. And of course I didn't go that route, Right. but, um, yeah. So it was, it was interesting to me because you, you actually saw that in real life. A lot of times where I grew up, like these drug dealers that, they were the ones that had all the money, the flashy cars, the jewelry, all that kind of stuff. And as a kid, you see those things. Right. And it can be influential. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that is interesting to me, though, is the way in which aesthetically, you know, like New York's so much older than L.A., right? Oh, yeah. And you're seeing the same things. But it, to me, the aesthetic of these films that, that are set in New York mm-hmm. match the kind of the grimy underbelly underworld criminal like element more than when you see it in LA there's something it's the same Mm -hmm. it's the same level of violence it's it's all of that stuff but it's like on the sunny backdrop and like green like suburban lawns LA's Hollywood yeah like so it it, and so I could also see that being like captivating Mm -hmm. as well as that it looks so different yeah but it's so similar Yeah, yeah no doubt so this one was directed by Abel Ferreira. Yep. The budget was five million. Okay. And the U.S. gross was two and a half million. Wow. So it didn't. It didn't, didn't even make its money back. Mm-mm. I'm sure since then it's done its thing. It's become a very beloved cult classic. Yeah. Yeah. It has. Um. It hits a certain note mm-hmm. that some of the other gangster films don't. Yeah. So the first cut of this film. Originally ran for almost two hours and had to be edited 106 minutes to avoid an X rating. An X rating? Mm-hmm. Wow. And Is it, it didn't, about the time? I think it was the level of violence. There must have been more graphic violence that would have gotten it an X rating. So the film was shot in 40 days. Wow. They worked on the screen, screenplay for five years and there was little to no improvisation. So everything by the script? Pretty much, yeah. Wow. The opening sequence of Frank emerging from prison mm-hmm. was shot at Sing Sing. Okay. And it was the first time that Sing Sing was ever featured in a film. Wow. So this is our second film where our when our main character is picked up from prison. Yeah. Blues Brothers now and uh, King of New York now. Yeah. Yeah, two films. And so it's it we don't really ever find out what happened to Frank in prison. No. It's it's like that chapter is closed and we're just moving into this next chapter, but it's almost like he had a bookmark on the outside, mm-hmm. right? Because he was fully in his power before he went to prison. Mm-hmm. And then we have that scene of him driving back into New York and we're kind of going back and forth between establishing shots of the city yeah. and Frank in the back of the limo taking it all in. Yeah. And I liked what you were saying about how it kind of is that moment where you're catching up with him. Yeah. And so, yeah, so he sees the difference in time and what's what's changed in his city, and he feels like it's worse at this point. And especially with the the, the hospital that's going to close and 
just he sees all all the bad that's out there. He sees the hookers, the people out there doing drugs, the people out just hanging out on the streets. And yeah, I think it just makes him sad. It was a little disorienting for me, kind of, in a way where you know Frank is kind of reacclimating, mm-hmm. and then we cut to that other scene. Jimmy is with the Colombians in some hotel room mm-hmm. negotiating this deal. Yes. And, and I thought it was funny because I didn't know what test tube was doing. I mean, you just see this dude, you know, and he's got his little his little vials and his he's like vials. little liquids and he's doing all this stuff over here. And, and, and Jimmy's like, can we like hurry this up? What's going on? And he just he's throws like, like a little pile of coke like, at him. He's like, here, just, just, just <laughs> relax. Take this. <laughs> he's testing the purity of the cocaine. That was my assessment. I don't, I've never seen. I mean, that, that just seems like such a weird thing. Yeah. To throw at someone. Just, mm, just like here. Boom. Dude. Have at it. He's like, here, let me show you how to test this. He sure does. He puts his nose right in it and he's like, boom. He's like, that's dope. Yeah, this gold fronts. And I personally didn't believe him. I didn't, I didn't think he was on the level with the Colombians mm-hmm. at all. And I, I, don't, I don't know if it was just because I, I, as soon as he's kind of engaging with him, mm-hmm. And he's talking about wanting a root beer and like, get me a soda and mm-hmm. this and that and the other thing. I'm like, something else is going on here. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, they're 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 wanting to to take back and get Frank back in the lead again. They they're wanting Frank to be the king of New York. And he's so he's gotta go into these territories and he's gotta get himself reestablished. He's gotta get some drugs and he's gotta get some money and he's gotta you know, reestablishes power to the other people that are out there. So do you think that was an order from Frank that he ordered Jimmy to do that? Or do you think it was like it? Cause I, you don't see that happen, right? You don't mm-hmm. see him give Jimmy a direct order at mm-hmm. this point for me as a viewer, I didn't even know they were affiliated until they're done with that scene. Right. Mm-hmm. The way I took it was, it was almost like his welcome home party or yeah. like gifts, like you know, gift, like, yeah, yeah we, we did this for you just to the point that you just made. And these it, people are obviously loyal to him, you know what I mean, all the way through and through. Um, so I think, yeah, you're right. I think that they were kind of getting him something to say, hey, welcome home. You've you held down for eight years in prison. Here's a briefcase full of money and a bunch of cocaine. To, and a bunch of your enemies that are dead. <laughs> and that are dead that you don't ever have to worry about again. And let's move forward to the next enemy that we're going to – screw out of some money in cocaine or whatever it is you know what i mean like yeah. it's him reestablishing his power and it was i guess that you're yeah it does kind of further it along because when they get to his hotel room mm-hmm. and there's that that moment and no one's saying anything yeah until frank just lets it all go yeah. and he and they all start laughing and dancing around and all that yeah. stuff and so then you know like oh They're this is crew. a long yeah exactly a long-standing mm-hmm. like established relationships and it's like the best present ever oh yeah he's so stoked (laughs) he's like i love money yeah i love dead enemies and cocaine too you guys are the the, best it's like the trifecta (laughs) it's like the hat trick of all good things to a drug dealer come on it's true and i think frank was like i'm so glad i did my hair for this occasion yes you know i blew it out yeah it's all blued out it looks good full frank full Mm -hmm. yeah no doubt yeah yeah not for the ladies no i mean he's just showing out that's right he's home it was his first real shower you know what i mean yeah think about that if you're in jail his first real shower with hot water and i've never been in jail so i can't tell you but i just i just think that there probably ain't no adjusting the temperature of the water that you're gonna shower with you know what i mean yeah that's where i really appreciate my creative empathy (laughs) where i'm like i can empathize and never have to experience that yes me too yeah it's good yeah i like a nice warm shower me too So it's his first real shower after being in jail for possibly like eight plus years. You know what I mean? So his hair was all blued out and yeah. ready to go and hang with his boys. And and it's it's great because I feel like somebody, if he had a personal assistant, she mm. just stacked his agenda. Yeah. She's like out of Sing Sing at yeah. 9 a.m. Yeah. But, you know, like have sex with these two yeah. lovely ladies. Get picked by up this in a time. limousine yeah. after, out of being in jail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Greeted by 
uh, old crew yeah <laughs> presents yay <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then it's like dinner at eight yeah with with jennifer for sure and it's just on to the next thing because yeah. you know what you're right yeah. you're getting out of prison why wouldn't you want to just line it all up like that yeah for sure for sure come on have a good time you just did some hard time and I also felt like part of it was a little bit of peacocking. Yeah, for that, sure. That he wants to be seen, mm -hmm. especially when he goes out. And then in that true way that we've seen in every gangster film, all he has to do is walk in the room. Mm -hmm. And then the people, they come to him. They, and they see him. and They you intercept see, him. Yeah, or they see him too. There you see people just pointing like, oh, mm -hmm. it's, it's Frank. You know, yeah. And that and, guy just grabs him. Yeah. Like, oh, hey. I think this movie I noticed a lot was the silent talking. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you would see people that are, you know, supporting actors and different things. And you, it's a room full of people and you hear the noise of like a crowd of people. But you see like two people talking and they're they're just moving their mouth. They're not really saying anything. It happens so much in this movie, like in like party scenes and stuff like that. You oh, have to watch is, it again. I, I noticed it in one scene in particular, exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Mm -hmm. In this dinner scene, though, the people, they're like half happy to see him or something. Well, he's a gangster. Yeah. He, and so they're know? like kind of, you know, like they're uncomfortable as one should be. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, you know, do, 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 sing, sing, blah, blah. And by the way, I want to be mayor. Yeah. <laughs> she thinks I'm playing. <laughs> I'm not joking. And then it's like all of a sudden it's funny. She's like maybe a little uncomfortable, but then she laughs. And yeah, it's, it's yeah. He's a gangster. And so I think he's different from their, their, he's not their peer. You know what I mean? He's not somebody that they see as equivalent to themselves. They, they're above him you know what i mean yeah he's done terrible things and mm -hmm. so yeah so when they look at him and they're talking to him you know he's a lower lower class person i guess and they look down on her for her association with him for sure but, but she's, she's a lawyer. like and she's also clearly intoxicated mm -hmm. in this chemistry she has with him yes. there's no two ways about it yeah, yeah all he says is like i'd like to take you on the <laughs> subway yeah and she's like Okay. And, and the one girl is like listening. He's like, I would like to. And he kind of, you know, hesitates for a second. And the, the one lady that kind of asked him about what he was going to do. And he told her he was going to be the mayor. He wanted to be mayor. She was really listening. She wanted to hear what he wanted to do with her. And he's like, take you on the subway. <laughs> and it had been so long that I didn't remember anything from this film. And so, you know, it's like. I want to take you on that. And I'm like, huh? Mm -hmm. so, wait, yeah. Subway. Subway. Wait, that's not, <laughs> that's not sexy. <laughs> okay. It's that public thing. Come mm -hmm. on. Yeah, yeah, that's but, what makes it sexy. But I'm thinking of New York subways in the 90s. And it's like, <laughs> so it didn't surprise me <laughs> when they're getting busy on the subway. Uh -huh. and, and then three men approach them to rob them. them. Yeah. And he shows them their gun and they change their mind a little bit. Oh, real wow. Fast. And it's all in the eyes in that scene, right? I mean, the yeah. pistol mm -hmm. does its job. It does, as well. most definitely, yes. But it's all here first. Because he's not right afraid. No. He's not afraid. He just spent eight plus years probably in jail. He ain't scared of these three kids. And he doesn't even do the look up and down. He no. just he sees them all at once and is like, I know you. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm just going to control this with my energy like With he like presence. threw his freaking chi at them he was yeah. like boom <laughs> and he, and they're off kilter from from the second he just gives them the look and then they're mm. like oh wait yeah yeah and then even more off kilter when he throws them the gangster wad right yeah and the kid's like uh oh, okay <laughs> and then to my shock he's like and if you need a job yeah come, come on to the plaza ask for frank white I got work for you. <laughs> and and if I was him, I wouldn't have shown up. <laughs> but I mean, after he trick. threw you that gangster no, walk, come on. No, that's a trick. That's a trick. No, after he threw you that gangster <laughs> no. walk, come on. That's a generous gangster. I would have most definitely showed up again for another <laughs> no. gangster wad. They're like, hey, where's that Where's that next gangster wad at? Like, <laughs> You get gangster wads out here for free. You're throwing those around, right? That, that yeah. happens all the time, right? Like, right. Let's keep that going. Oh, man. Just have like a Santa bag full of gangster wads. Dude, that would be a great Christmas. <laughs> oh, yes. Come on. Dude. Oh, man. 
I feel like D'Alessio had come into this a little bit earlier, but I don't really, he didn't really pop out to me until the next scene Mm -hmm. when he goes to meet with Clay. Yeah. On Frank's behalf. Yes. To set up this meet. Mm -hmm. It was so cool to see him again. Yep. Uh, The actor, Paul uh, Calderon. Calderon, yeah. Who is in Pulp Fiction. Yes. And And in a bunch of stuff. He's just, he's one of those characters that's, yeah. Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's such an awkward scene Mm -hmm. when i think about going into a room like that with a bunch like with at least one mafioso and his associates Mm -hmm. the feeling in that room just i mean i've never be scary it's gotta be yeah i don't care i mean sure he's around it but like sure you're gonna be able to walk back out of that room like yeah like that kind of scary and he doesn't seem like 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 if it was jimmy it's like i feel like he's more acclimated to that or Mm -hmm. has some kind of thing about him where it yeah. wouldn't face him the same way but for some yeah. reason like looking at that i was like i don't know yeah he was gangster though yeah he was he took it he was like i what i didn't he was not gangster enough to not get peed on which i didn't understand the stand there and just kick pee. like i'd have like not i he would have not got a drop of piss on me like i'd have been like what the hell are you doing man get the hell out of here like you're not gonna pee on me but he stood there and took it and just shook it off and what I think is really interesting is that with, with Artie Clay, mm-hmm. he has the luxury of of being, you know, the majority. He mm. knows that. He has all the power, right? For sure. To make him think that he could even do that to somebody. And then the filth that comes out of his mouth and just like all of that stuff. He's you affiliated. Know? He's mob, obviously. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so he feel like he feel I think he would feel like he has the backing of Right. You know, the La Costa Nostra or whatever it is that he's affiliated with. You know what I mean? And so his level of confidence is super high, I think, in that yeah. sense to to make him do something like that. That's so disrespectful that he felt like that there would be no consequences for what he did. But, you know, Frank had other well, ideas. It was sure. <laughs> but I also thought it was, you know, because it seems like that thing that you see where they send someone, you know, to set up that meeting, to do mm-hmm. that whole thing. And then he's just like, won't even entertain it. And no. you see that immediately he looks down on Frank because mm-hmm. of who who Frank's crew is. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't like, he doesn't like he black, people. black people. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't like that Frank is cool with everybody. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but D'Alessio um, said that to Frank. He was like, you know, you're not going to be able to talk to Artie Clay. I can get you one of his lieutenants. He's like, no. He's like, I want to talk to Artie Clay. He's like, you just got to tell me the time and the place and I'll be there. But I got to talk to him. And like you say, Artie's like just completely disrespectful in everything that he says, everything that he does, the way it comes out of his mouth. Like, it's just the worst. And I just love that the next reaction, the reaction to Clay, mm-hmm. is for Frank to just show up. Yeah. And it's like, um, excuse me, what now? What and, was that? And, but he was still the same. He was like, you got a lot of fucking nerve showing up here, Frank. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, it, he, it's all still there. It's not, he's, that. that's how gangster he is. He's not phased by right. the fact that Frank is all of a sudden standing there. I think that possibly he expected it you know he sent he sent d'alessio first and then did what he did he he had to expect that there was going to be some type of retaliation and he seems to not be phased by it at all and i also didn't think that he expected any kind of harm to come to him in Mm -hmm. in his place yeah no when it turns Mm -hmm. and frank when he basically rejects frank's offer again yeah frank turns like okay fine yeah and turns to walk away, and I don't remember what Clay said to him. He goes, uh, he tells him, because he says, uh, you know, he goes, he goes, I don't care what goes down. You sell a nickel bag, I want my piece, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, do you fucking think you're going to live long enough to spend that money, you fucking hump? And that turned Frank around, and he put bullets in him. A like, lot of bullets in quick, him. And then preached as he did it. <laughs> and then just like kept randomly shooting yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> once in a while he's like, you know, just to what? make sure. Blow, 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 blow. And my favorite part of that scene is that when he's walking out, or mm-hmm. he looks at them and he's like, "If you feel like you've been getting screwed over by this, yeah. by this you group, work for me. Come, come on, on over." And they all do, because later scenes you see him, you see all those same characters working for Frank. And I liked that because if I, I, I would have 
I would have walked out right immediately. You know, I wouldn't have like thought about it <laughs> just like they did. Like there's, there's like two dudes who stay uh-huh. and I'm like, see, you're the ones, you're the ones who are going to think about it for like a day and then you're going to try and show up and he's going to be like, I remember who showed up, I mean, who walked out immediately. Uh-huh. There's, you know, there is something about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we should all make rash judgments, <laughs> but they know, they knew exactly what he was speaking to. Yeah. And especially the probably their position on the totem pole, mm-hmm. they're probably totally getting screwed up. No there. doubt. And you see, all of a sudden, you see this dude Frank, who seems to be so much more, you know, generous to his people. And I think that's why they're also loyal to him and stay with him and support him and would take bullets for him, all of them. Um, so I see they see the difference, and so they they join his crew quick. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you, Frank is kind of a, a different type of mafioso mm-hmm. kind of dude yeah a he doesn't have a lot of support in a, in a traditional italian family no it's really him and his associates and his crew that he has selected yep and built that loyalty with mm-hmm. and that makes him unique i think no doubt i mean we've obviously it's, we've seen that with uh, even in pulp fiction it's mm-hmm. like that too but yeah yeah so then frank gets Grabbed up by the police. Yep. This is enter enter our friends Gilly, Bishop, and Flanagan. Yep. Three cops. Flanagan. Flanagan. It's crazy. Did you know um, Wesley Snipes? Actually, Lawrence Fishburne had the role of Jimmy Flanagan or Tommy Flanagan okay. initially. Okay. But he wanted the role of Jimmy. He really wanted He really role. wanted the role of Jimmy. And I guess he just showed up as Jimmy. Okay. And, and it got him the role. Nice. And then David Caruso mm-hmm. and Wesley Snipes are really good friends. Okay. And David Caruso encouraged them to cast Wesley Snipes. Okay. From this film, a lot of these guys, this is what was their kind of springboard, especially David Caruso and sure. Wesley Snipes. For sure. For sure. Nice. So they, they grab up Frank and they just want to have him, a talk. That's all. <laughs> And then we had a little, we had a little trunk pop. He's like, "What's, what's that?" And it's, um, it's El Zappo. Yes. <laughs> Bloody in the trunk. And I didn't like, know that was how the cops did it. That's how they bring you a, a body to, to recognize in the trunk with plastic all. <laughs> these cops, Terrence. These cops. They are just not my. They are on a different level, for real, for real, right? And it's like the Three Stooges, but not like... <laughs> not funny. Yeah, not funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Like, like David Caruso is insane. His yes. character. I'm sorry. And um, so Gilly, is Wesley Snipes' character. They're insane. Yeah. They're Flanagan, just completely they're... off the rails. And then there's like the old grouchy grandpa, uh-huh. you know, who's like been on, on the force too For long. probably 50 years. And he's just got angry face, <laughs> resting angry face. He's not very social. No. He'll show up, but he ain't doing nothing. No. And, and then he you... hands him the wrinkly ass envelope. Give this to the kids. Like, where, where... where the fuck is this yeah. been, man? This... <laughs> and, and they're just, they're so angry. They're yeah. so angry that Frank's out and they're just, they can't freaking stand it and they can't keep themselves... It's because they know that he's killed so many people, mm-hmm. and that's that's what it is to them. They're although they're they end up not being good cops in the end. They they it's it's kind of weird. It's like I'm not saying that they were bad cops. They were just fed up cops that think that they did everything that they could do within the limits of the law to put this man in jail, and he only did eight years, and he's able to come out now and start all over again and they're flabbergasted by it and they can't do anything about it and so now they feel like they're they're like this is how frank works frank kills people so we have to kill frank if we don't kill frank this is never going to end right. this is going to continue on for as long as he's alive and, and it's, so we, it's, yeah yeah it's frightening when you could look at it, it's so many different scenarios that do they start on the level of justice mm-hmm. or we're, yeah we're gonna do this by the book and yeah. then it just disintegrates into this type of thing and it's it, sure. to me it's scary mm-hmm. when they started talking like that at the bar that scares me for sure because I'm, I'm sure there's truth in that like I'm, right this film comes from somewhere it doesn't you know what i mean like well yeah we want to believe 
and and the fiction that that you know all people who are in these positions of power are acting of the best intentions and Mm -hmm. that is foolish that's a foolhardy assumption to make yeah are the majority of them i'm sure they are Mm -hmm. but you're always always going to have that and it's unfortunate and ugliness Mm. because i sure as hell wouldn't want those cops showing up to help me no 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 that's not my no no especially gilly (laughs) he needs a time out (laughs) he needs to relax a little seriously he's he's You know, they say he drink too much coffee. I was going to say, he needs a rosewood in his life. That's exactly what he needs. You know, it's like a like they have people get therapy animals. Like uh, they need, there's like just people. He needs, he needs like a friend, like a friend like rosewood, <laughs> rosewood. to take it down five notches. I just think that's why it's so hard for you to relax. Yeah. <laughs> You're so right. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. guy. Yeah. But Frank's, he's not going to budge on this. He's no. like, whatever. Yeah. Show me as many dead bodies and trunks as you yeah. want. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you I did anything. Yeah. Do you and think I'm an idiot? Yeah. And then they just leave him there. Yeah. They just split on him and leave him out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like, I'd be like, yo, can I at least get a ride? Like, come on. No. Nope. He, he likes to take the subway. So That's true. Yeah. Seems to be his preferred method of his, transportation. It really is. He is a man of the streets. I actually <laughs> like that about him. <laughs> I like that. Utilize a man of the street. It's true. <laughs> He's like these boots were made for walking onto yeah. the subway. Damn right. To take, I mean, That's hello. That's how it gets around. That's how it gets Frank. around. I take my ladies on the subway. He does. I fill them up. I touch their boobies. I know. <laughs> on the subway. On the subway. I meet new friends on the subway. Yeah, make new associates. <laughs> Could make a whole song about this. We should work on that. Yeah. So then, um, then we have that meeting with Larry Wong yeah. in the theater, and he's watching those old like horror films. It's the Belagosi, I think the the Dracula, Count Dracula, yeah. the old school, old school. And Larry Wong is another character that I just, ugh, I don't like him. He's he feels um, wiry in this way, like like jumpy is what I'm looking for, like like someone you just can't like trust. Like he's, he's very overconfident. You know what yeah. I mean? He's like your your boss. You tell your girlfriend that they can't even afford what I got. Like he's just overconfident, over cocky. Obviously uh, connected somehow because he's able to friggin' bring over two hundred and some pounds of cocaine in MSG right. barrels. Did you notice that? Yeah, that they're MSG barrels. And I was like, dude, you got to be super connected. Again, this is nineties pre nine eleven. Like. It was probably easier to get stuff like that brought into the United States back then than it is now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the thing that this is what bothered me about him is that he's being asked a very direct question. Mm-hmm. Set the set the terms then so yeah. I can bring that back to him. Yeah. And he's being dodgy about yeah. it because he he wants them to make the first offer is really yeah. what it comes down to. But he doesn't just say that. Yeah. And so he's like, fine, I'm just going to take this information back to Frank. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's like Frank sends out one of his, you know, well, it's always him. Yeah, he sends out a lackey first. Always. And then. And then it, no, no, like back and forth. It's like, okay, now I'm done. Yeah. And he just, it's like you either take our offer or I'm just going to take your shit. And it's going to be it, mine. Because he's at the hospital with Larry. Mm-hmm. And this is when we really, because at first when, when Frank first started talking about giving charity back to the community, mm-hmm. I thought he was just i don't know what i it didn't you it just didn't thought it see, was a thing i don't know i don't know i just like whatever like uh, you know just like it was him trying to make right in the eyes of people or i don't something? know i just i didn't think he was like fully legit until he's in the hospital mm-hmm. so he he's okay, altruistic so when, yeah, yeah so he's when he's in the hospital with with wong and he's explaining this whole thing to him and actually i was like wow that's that's a really kind of a, a cool thing to do for your community instead no of you're looking at that big picture and he's like yeah i can give you three and a half but you actually were gonna net like what was it 12 to 15 it was like 15 million, million. he's like you're so gonna get three million it, yeah and then we take x amount and then the rest of it goes to fund to this, this hospital. hospital and i yeah. was like wow and he was not charitable at all no. he was like if i wanted to 
be charitable. I would go back to the Peking village. And so is Frank's offer. And if you don't take that offer, well, yeah. we saw what happened with the. We do see with, what happens yeah, there. Larry. He looked different hanging upside down. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> and, I, and he didn't see them wheeling out his barrels of no. MSG. And there was like, like mm. those had to be, those are 50-gallon drums. Mm, yeah. So that was a lot, of, a lot of cocaine. Right. It's a lot of money for Frank. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So, <laughs> then there was the scene with Jimmy at the... Uh, I don't know. He's just someplace ordering some food. It was the chicken restaurant to the, the this this local restaurant, and the guy behind the counter was really kind of douchey. Really, because I thought Jimmy was douchey. He, Jimmy is, but the but he was like the way he was like, may I help you? And so Jimmy <laughs> took offense to that. I think immediately. <laughs> yeah, you can help me. You can start by giving me fifteen pieces of chicken, motherfucker. Right. Like, <laughs> So I think it was the way he approached Jimmy that we, I mean, we already know Jimmy, but then, then just a second later, you see Jimmy being super kind. Right. You just see, yeah, you see immediately his humanity, that yeah. switch, that switch where he goes from this reaction to this guy and then the guy being douchey to the kids because the kids were just being kids. Yeah. Of course, they didn't have money to play video games, but they want to act like they're playing video games. He yells at him and then you see jimmy do this really kind thing he gives all these kids the quarters and they can go play the video games gives the old lady like a hundred dollar bill like very kind and then turn around again and he steals the food and then what's funny i love this scene because he he goes so you got all my food you got everything he's like how much you say it was He was like all right how about fuck you very much and then he turns around to leave and Gilly's coming in and you see Jimmy, he's almost, he's offended. He like turns around and looks back at the guy like, like you called the cops on me, motherfucker. Like, but it's like, how could he have done that that fast? He it was, didn't. But he took, yeah. he like turned back and looked at him like you, and then he throws I the know. food at him. I just love that scene. I, and I, the whole time I'm just sympathizing with the guy behind the counter. Cause it's like, oh, am I going to come out of your paycheck? <laughs> This asshole comes in here, orders $60 worth of freaking fried food, and now I'm going to have to pay for it, and he's getting hauled off to jail. Yeah. Can the cops pay for this? Yeah, it's like, dude, I yo. I can't do anything about it. He didn't pay. Like, <laughs> Digging his pockets, I'm sure he's got a gangster role. Give me one of those chains. And can you even imagine trying to recoup that? They're like, yeah. laugh at you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> like, you're part of, of you know, assisting in justice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pay your taxes, right? man. I pay your salary with my taxes. God. I need that but, 60 bucks. But it's like, it's nothing. All yeah. Frank has to do is call his attorney. He's got his crew out of jail so quick. Million dollars a piece. Done. Yep. He's Not like, even do a it. problem. Do it. And there again, they. this is, I think, what was like the straw that broke the camel's back for Gilly and Bishop and Flanagan. When those guys got right. out that quickly... They couldn't take it anymore. It was it was over with for them, and that's right, when that's when they decided they yeah. decided there's there's only one way to handle this situation. And I just think again, I just think it's gross. They know how to pull off the crime. They yeah. know like all of these different elements. Yeah. They would be the type of people that would completely blame that on like oh it was a bunch of black guys that did it. Like, that's what he way- said. He's like we'll make it look like a gang. It's, I hate yeah. it. Yeah. I hate every part of it. Yeah. And so when the fact that D'Alessio flips on frank Mm -hmm. it is again because of what you just saw right where frank it's like you got you were thrown in prison hundred or million dollars bail boom done yeah that's the loyalty that's the thing yes the fact that he flips on him for what he says more money than i've ever seen in my life ridiculous but so this whole sequence happens and you know it's the cops but nobody else knows it's a cop so this is that weird scene like everyone's Mm. like laying around and doing coke and smoking listening to music and naked topless women yeah Yeah. and people are letting like have lit cigarettes near their nipples and it's just it's really and there's lots of talking with no sound just like you were saying awkward kissing Mm -hmm. that was uncomfortable yes yes cocaine over cocaine usage the one dude's just like yeah what was he doing just like 
I was waiting for him to just die. (laughs) Because I have no idea. I was like, can you do that? Can you just continuously (laughs) do cocaine over and over again in those amounts and be okay? Like, what's this dude doing? Yeah, that was a little strange to me. It was very, very, very strange. And and the song in the background was the best. Am I black enough? Is that the one? Yeah. (laughs) Because this was one of the first soundtracks that had a a predominantly hip-hop influence soundtrack. Okay. And I just love how Frank, everywhere he goes, I feel like he's comfortable. Yeah. With uh, whoever is there. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I, I really like that about his character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so this raid happens. They're getting shot to Swiss cheese. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Yep. Ugh. And so many innocent bystanders in this situation, too. And it, and that made it even more worse from these. They're cops. Yeah. That are doing this. Yeah. Frank ducks out and Jimmy's holding everyone off. Yes. And from behind the bar. And people are just falling everywhere. People are dying everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Not so much machine gun face either. I None. noticed that. No machine like, gun there's, face. There's there's one where where Frank's got like a oh yeah like a fizz face like <laughs> <laughs> yes. look while he's busting his machine gun. But even the one girl, the black girl, is like machine gunning just with a straight face. No yeah. No machine gun face. I also I also noticed yeah. the lack. Yeah. Yes. And then. Somehow Jimmy gets out of this crazy calamity without a scratch, and I love it because Frank pulls up in the car and mm-hmm. he's just already got the door open. He's yep. just it's all like, and so Jimmy jumps right in, yeah, and he doesn't even get the chance to close the door. Um, one no. of the cops jumps and he's got his mask on and he jumps onto the door and Frank speeds away. And while he's driving away, Jimmy's really trying to rustle this dude right. off, like, like just like get off, dude. like let go, let go, let go. And Frank pulls the car towards that fire hydrant. And, oh, it's like dead stop of the body. Like, Ugh. and it just makes you think, did that round part of the friggin' fire hydrant like go through his <gasps> skull? Like, oh, is that and it had that little thing? square thing that they used to like wrench off the thing so that the water comes out that part sure did some damage. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like, woo. I did not go and, that far. And uh, Gilly saw it. Yes, he, he did. He watched it because you hear him in the background just go, no! Like, he was like, yeah, he saw his friend die. And he was just not happy about it. Mm-mm. Yeah. And so he jumps in his car and uh, and chases down Frank and Jimmy. And they crash. And Jimmy goes running. And then in comes Flanagan. Right. And Flanagan's coming in. And I, I actually really like this scene. Um, because Flanagan is talking shit. He's like, <laughs> Jimmy, where you at? Where you at, motherfucker? He's like, come on out. Hey, Jimmy, I got some chicken, you chicken-eating motherfucker. Like, it's just like he's talking so much shit. And then Jimmy gets him, and he, like, shoots him. He's like, where's the chicken at, man? Like, what's fucked up? Where's the chicken? Yeah. Like, I just, I love that scene. That scene was pretty like funny in that sense it was not so funny in the end how it ended but um but i just love the back and forth and then of those two was it was it because it looked to me like jimmy got a couple shots into flanagan and then he's like not dead right because he had he had a vest on yeah yeah it can only take so much i know that okay. and i know it, it can only take certain calibers of weapons you know and so there's also um bullets that are armor piercing Mm -hmm. that can go through those kind of vests so you can see that he took a bullet like right square in this part of his 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 stomach i think he just i think he probably had a gun that was a larger caliber than the best could take um and that isn't that when because he he gets flanagan down and he then shoots and kills Flanagan. Gilly. And then it's, it's like convenient, though, that I don't know. This, it's just weird how he, he goes through all this thing with with Flanagan, Jimmy and Flanagan's whole interaction. Right. To the point where um, Jimmy has killed Flanagan before Gilly shows up to shoot him. Yeah. It's like, where were you this whole time? Like the whole time when. When Flanagan's hollering and and looking for for Jimmy, where are you? And now you show up 
a minute too late, like right. that sucks, man. Now your friend's dead. Now yeah. your friends are just dropping dead around you everywhere. Because I thought it was strange, and I because I couldn't tell where Jimmy was shot. And when he's just writhing in pain, mm-hmm. as Gilly is looking on Flanagan and sees that Flanagan's, in, I think he shot dead. him in the dick. Oh, and that's why he was. That's all, why he couldn't yeah, get up. He was okay, like, so I was like, why doesn't he get up he, and yeah, like I think take he shot him, him in the dick? Yeah. Okay, and and then he just walks right over and puts one right in his head and yeah, just... well he was talking shit you know he's like i got that motherfucker you know he's obviously in so much pain and he's hollering and yelling and stuff like that and then he sees that that flanagan dies he sees it and he's like i got him and he's just he wants to die he's obviously in so much pain and it seems like gilly wasn't gonna kill him at first i think he probably oh. wanted to, to huh. take him to jail and so he shot him where he could immobilize him or demobilize him, excuse me. Um, and so I think he was going to let him stay alive so he could take him to jail because he killed a cop. Like, you got him. I got him. Like, he's going to go to jail forever now. There's no getting out of this. Yeah. And then Flanagan dies. And then Jimmy starts talking shit. And I think it was just too much for him at that point. He just walked over and put well, one right in his head. I mean, Gilly's not the most stable. No, not at all. Not ever in this whole movie. <laughs> the next scene is the funeral. Yes. And Gilly, he can't even take it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's so overwhelming. Yeah, it's too much. And so he just, he's like, I'm out. I'm going to leave. My first thought was, heads up. Gilly on yeah. getting there nice and early so your car's in the front of the line. <laughs> yes. Good job. It's funny. I said that too. I was like, how convenient that his car is at the very front of the line. He's not like, boxed in at all. <laughs> he can just go. And then I was even wondering, I was like, how's that limo going to get through? Because there are points yeah. where it looks like there's like no drive area for anything, but he gets all the way through. And how gangster is it That's for what you I mean. to come up and lay somebody down That's what I at mean. another freaking cop's funeral the bravado like you know what i mean it's like this thing it's like the balls on this guy is ridiculous that's that's what i love about this movie is like his level of gangster shows no there's no ceiling to his to frank's level of gangster no there really isn't like that is uber gangster when you shoot a cop at a cop's funeral like right yeah exactly that level of gangster is crazy yeah Gilly knew exactly who was in that limo. Soon no, he as did. Window started. As soon as the window down. came down, he was like, "Hey, you!" He turned around That's and it. it was quick. It was like, "But a gal!" Right Shotgun to the, face. to the face. Yeah, and all the cops come running. and There's nothing they can do. Like they're all pretty much blocked in. They can't chase after him. If only Gilly wasn't in the front, right? <laughs> <laughs> he could have gone. That was so gangster, though. I was like, oh, my gosh. Crazy. That level of gangster. It I can really, only find that right. on video games. You're right. It has games. no ceiling. You I can only right. be like that on a video game. I couldn't do that in real life. No. <laughs> but none of us would mess with Frank. The no. only one stupid enough to turn on Frank is D'Alessio. D'Alessio is the only D'Alessio, one yes. who was stupid enough to turn on Frank after all of his generosity, Terrence. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But All of his more loyalty. Money, it was more money than he'd ever seen, though. And at first, he's trying to like he's trying to pr- like play like he's saying like, like, he, oh, like he got you know, set up. Yeah, like they and set like, you up. And Frank's not having any no. of this nonsense. He's like, just tell me the truth. I love that. Just tell me the truth. Tell me why you did it. Why? Why? He's like, it was for the money, Frank. It was more money than I ever seen before, Frank. Man. You understand that, Frank? I I go into witness protection and I'd be free. You understood that, Frank? Mm-hmm. Frank's like, nah. Like, well, not, okay, that money's real. Loyal. That money's real important to you. Bury it with, bury him yeah. with it. Yeah. And I was, he was like, like, oh, dang. that's gangster. Yeah, that's yes. gangster. See, gangster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I like this movie. You're right. Frank's gangster. It, you can't put it in a box. You can't. You can't put a governor on no, it. No, there's no. It's not a glass ceiling. And if it is, he's busting right through it. And if you didn't believe that. <laughs> After everything that you've seen to this point, yep. when Bishop walks into his apartment after mm-hmm. a long days of detectiveing and grumpy face, uh-huh. and he's sees sitting there in the light, just he's not out. hiding at all. No, no, it's not. It's not like he's trying to surprise him. He's and like, he's like, it's like he's supposed to be there. Yeah, I think he might have been having a, like a tea or yeah, a drink like, or like something, something like that. Like, that. like he's made himself comfortable. Mm-hmm. Without permission. Oh, for sure. Oh, it's 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 beautiful. And Bishop is not really. I mean, he's phased at first, but. Not phased in the end. He's, 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 I think he's a seasoned cop. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know what it was about him. Out of all, I don't like any of them, mm-hmm. but he bothered me the most. And I, but he was the more. I mean, in the end, he wasn't, but he was the one that was the more by the book, like the. Like when 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 Gilly and Flanagan and those guys all were like, "There's only one way to handle this." He was like, "No, if you and if you go about this the wrong way, I'm coming after you." Like he was the one in the beginning that I think held out the most, and then in the end, when he saw all of his friends die, it was like, "Okay, this is it." Like they were right. There's only one way to handle this. My take on this scene was him showing up and saying. I'm going to tell you everything that's going on. Every mm-hmm. single police officer that has anything to do with this has a $250,000 bounty on their yep. head. Now you know what it's like. And by the way, yes, I did kill all of these people. Yeah. Because I don't want to do business like that. Yeah, I like and, it, and, I, and, and I liked that element because mm-hmm. I'm with you, Frank. Yeah. I also am not into human tra- human trafficking no, no, or child prostitution. No, no, no. I don't want to. I don't want there to be. He says I don't want to make my money that way. He's I like, love that. I'm like yes. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. see 13 year olds out there being pimped. I don't want to see that stuff. I well, don't... and isn't it Bishop that he he tells he's like, listen, don't be mad at me for the fact that there's addicts in the world. Yeah. For the fact that all these people want to get high, don't yeah. be mad at me. I'm a businessman, yeah. and I was like, it's the truth. You're right. It's the truth. I mean. People want to differentiate these things because of the criminal aspect. I get that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's it a is business. a product. Yeah, there is a supply and demand that goes along with it. Yep. And that is exactly right. Yep. There is nothing that scares this man. Nope. Walk right into this detective's apartment. And yeah, made himself a drink, sat down, turned the light on, sat in his comfy chair, and waited. I have to say, Bishop did surprise me in his swift action after the fact. Well, see, this is part of that scene. I think that Frank knew, had to have known, because Frank didn't leave that soon to where right after that Bishop shot the handcuff off. Frank had to have heard that gunshot. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he obviously knew Frank well enough to know that Frank was going to go get on the subway. Mode of transportation, right? Yeah, it's his right? favorite mode of transportation. But I mean, how dare he interrupt his commute like that? Yeah, like, come on. He was chilling. <laughs> I mean. And then you make him pull a gun out All of... he did was tell you some information <laughs> and then gave you an opportunity to think about it yeah. and have a timeout. Yeah. And Bishop. Can, yeah. I think he should have she, she handcuffed him to something else, like to the radiator. The chair was not a good choice, Frank. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, not a good choice, Frank. But all of a sudden, it's like Bishop has just been saving this um, this little tank of energy. You know, he is flying through these subway cars. He is on a he is a man on, on a mission. mission. His all his friends are dead. All his all his cohorts are dead, and all dead by the hands of Frank or by Frank's associates or by Frank's word. Um, and so he's he's lost all his his you know straight lace copness. And now he realizes that there's only one way to handle this, and Frank's got to die. And if Frank doesn't die, this is never going to end. But- and and yet there's still enough of a hesitation that in that moment, because I feel like you're right. You know, Bishop is more of a detective. He's more blue mm-hmm. than than his associates for sure. And so when Frank grabs the innocent bystander and yep. he puts a gun to her head. Yep. And it immediately he's like, crap, now we have a civilian involved mm-hmm. and, you know, he can't just fire can't openly just, yeah. on Frank. Yep. And that poor woman, that's yeah. like my nightmare right there. Oh like, I'm just like, and then like, and now you're a hostage. Like, yeah. No, that's anybody's <laughs> nightmare. That's not even cool. Like, no. I would be like, come on, man. Really? Why me? No. Why? <laughs> please let me go, sir. Just please. It, but it gives it yeah. gives Frank that leverage. Yeah. He gets at least two shots into Bishop, and Bishop mm-hmm. is down, and Bishop, and Bishop fires gets one off. One, yeah, but Frank again, super gangster. He took that shot, and you wouldn't even know it. He wasn't dripping no blood. You know, it, actually, because when he was walking up the steps, I was like, I think he got shot because he's going a little he's slower. Little, yeah, but yeah. he's not. It's not super obvious. No. And so he walks up the stairs, walks through the crowd of people, makes his way to to the cab. And sits down. 
and just says drive and, and nobody's going anywhere. <laughs> the guy takes one look at him and is like, gets out of the no, car. No, wait, wait. He, he says, first he gets in, he goes, drive. And so the guy like looks at him and he kind of sits there for a while. Then he like honks the horn a couple of times. And then all of a sudden, Frank hears the sirens. And when Frank hears the sirens, you see him pull his gun up. And then that's when the dude jumps out of the car and just takes off. And then you see the gun just kind of slump. And so I say, of course, they they make it seem like this scene that Frank dies. Mm -hmm. But where he got shot, he could totally live. You know, if he got it, it kind of looked like a belly shot. It was like a, a like a yeah, like a belly shot. You know what I yeah. mean? So I mean, he could bleed out, but that's not. I think you know, if you get shot like in this like quad area, you have like arteries there. I think he could have survived this. I think that there could be a King of New York too. <gasps> the Reckoning. <laughs> Frank's comeback. Come how, on. How old is Frank gonna be? When he comes back in this movie and he's just like. It doesn't matter. Christopher Walken is ageless. Have you noticed that about him? He doesn't. He just he looks the same. He's looked the same forever. So it doesn't. His age is irrelevant. It's like Chuck Norris. It's all in the eyes. He's going to be 80 yeah. still kicking people in the teeth. You know what I mean? Like It is Christopher Walken. Yeah, right. it's Christopher I mean, Walken. He's ageless. It doesn't matter. So maybe we need to get this going. We do. Let's, let's write and the script and call him up and okay. be like, it's the reckoning. Actually, I mean, well, no, those guys are all dead. I mean, okay. they're alive in life, but yeah, the but characters are dead. It's okay. He can start You're a whole right. new crew. He easily could. He's he's he's, he's like, Frank. He's got that character. He he has he builds loyalty. Yeah, I've never wanted to be in a life of crime, but I think I would work for Frank. Well, I mean, if you look yeah. at his his stats, I mean, nine out of ten dudes were ele- were hella loyal. Just Delosio right. was the only one. It seemed really reciprocal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I really felt like Frank cared about them. Yeah, no doubt. They were family. Yeah. Yes. Man. Again, this gangster shit. It just, I love it. I love gangster movies. I, I love, like I said, the way this movie was filmed. I, it, I really, really, really think that the, that the, the, the person that filmed it really did something like you said like the lighting and Mm -hmm. filming at dusk or at dawn Mm -hmm. you know that kind of thing and i think they did it for a reason because i love the way this movie felt as you watched it you know what i mean i just right well there's also that that thing that they do where they're putting you in um really luxurious environments like Mm -hmm. a really high-end restaurant at one point a really beautiful hotel yes and then you're in like this barren beat up warehouse yes and and whenever you have that kind of thing like it does it um, has an effect on you even if you're not like directly conscious of it Mm -hmm. until you think back on it but when you're watching it yeah it's like this cool thing that happens that makes both things stand out more subliminally yes and i think that it it does illustrate an aspect of this gangster life it is both Mm -hmm. and I think that for a lot of people, when we romanticize it, we want it to just be the flash of the plaza and like, you know, sure. all that stuff. But it's, it is the, all that pretty mm-hmm. is just as you gotta, ugly. You got to like get over here. You got to mm-hmm. do the gritty and grimy to get to the pretty. And yeah. so, yeah, there's, there's a big contrast to that move from here to there. Yeah. You got to go from ashy to classy. <laughs> and you got to do that with a lot of gangster work. Lots of gangster work. <laughs> So true. Yes. So, uh, you know, I love this movie. I, I always have. I've, I've owned this movie for a long time. And it's these kind of movies. It's the uh, New Jack Cities, the King of New York, the Scarfaces. It's those kind of movies that it's just these different actors showing their levels of gangster. Or like in this movie, it was like he went to jail Things weren't bad when he went. Everybody was eating when he was in in the in the the lead, and then he goes to jail and everything changes and everything gets worse. And he wants to come back and he wants to obviously reestablish himself and also give back at the same time. But it's hard finding that contrast, and that's what I love about this movie is the the back and forth between the gangster and the giver and how those two mended together and and the and the giving never really came. To fruition. Yeah. It like didn't. it never really because he, he he never had enough time outside nope. to, to make it all happen. To but sell the all want, the drugs. Yeah. The want was there. It was. And it is also interesting that if you are going to be 
in the in you know living this level like to be a boss of yeah. any uh, of any sort you have to make a choice we were talking about how you know they're all gangsters but then it's like are you a gangster that moves goods are you a gangster that sells drugs are you a gangster you know what kind of yeah. what's your specialty for sure and i and i i think this was the first time no it's not the first time the the thing that i that i liked was that they really did draw attention to this being a hard line for mm-hmm. frank yeah that it truly it wasn't just a power grab no. or or a, a just to grab the coke it was it had to do with the moral fabric and lack thereof it was and that, so that he could f- afford like cuz you remember the one the senator was like if you know i'm sorry i tried everything i could do to save this hospital there just wasn't the funds you know he's like and if you think it's that easy you should fund it yourself and he's like well maybe i'll do that and he's like all right then how about 16 million by the quarter and he's like tell them that they'll have the money you know what i mean and so it was like he had to find a way to be able to get that kind of money and the only way he could do that was through drugs and through killing people versus paying for those said drugs well um i thoroughly enjoyed christopher walken in this like oh, yeah. he's um he's just special yes he is and like you said he's he's typecast this is that character but he's so good at it he really is like and he... i will watch him do this whenever <laughs> he wants to <laughs> private showings it's fine <laughs> when i when i um he is one of two actors that has a standing invitation anytime he wants to host snl he's oh, allowed to yes yes the other tom hanks oh okay and it's great because I, uh, we were talking at one point like i don't watch it all the time but if i find out he was on it mm-hmm. i'm looking it up you For know sure. i mean he's he's amazing he's yeah. great so i really really enjoyed that i, I enjoyed seeing um some some these first roles for some some for sure. actors that really blew up after this and no doubt. and um yeah yeah it was a nice revisit thanks yes yeah so that you guys was the king of new york the king of new york i watched the trailer at the end of it uh-huh and it was just a cool trailer i just it was, it was it, i don't know maybe it was a, i think it was the theatrical trailer because it was like very long it would have been a very long commercial but it was just a cool. It was. It was just cool. I dig it. Nice. I, I like it. to watch the trailers after I watch a movie. Yeah, yeah. Usually, to only prove the point that I feel that they always give too much away in trailers. Oh, for sure. This and like... so I'm like, see, <laughs> you see there? Did you did you see that? That was the last shot of the movie. It's in the trailer. <laughs> it's in the trailer. Because people, ending. you know, you've seen me at movie theaters. Like if there, if a trailer comes on. For a film I want to see, I'm the weird one that's all of a sudden looking at the floor. Yeah, covering and I'm your like, eyes. Like I'm not like I'm like do do because I don't want to see. You're giving it. away too much. Yeah. Yeah. Just let me see it, man. Yeah. So we didn't even ask. I know. You didn't even try to tell didn't me. Didn't even nothing. try to tell you. Why are you trying to be all secretive on me, yo? I I decided we're gonna watch Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. And you know what's funny? I just. Okay, you know I love South Park. Yeah. And so you remember oh, the you? episode yes. of Marjorie. Okay. And so I never understood because I'm going to have to fess right now. I've never seen Pet Cemetery. Oh, this is going to be your first viewing My first of this? time seeing Oh, it. shit. Because I never understood the scene okay, in the you'll thing. Get it he's, like, mm-hmm. he's like, sometimes yes. dead is better. <laughs> and so I saw a trailer for it and... All of a sudden, that part comes up, and the guy's like, sometimes, dead is dead. I was like, oh! I just killed that. I was like, oh! It all came together. Yes. It was like, oh, now I get yes. it. Yes. I get it. And mm-hmm. so I've never seen Pet Cemetery. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, good. Nice. We're going to get into the horror. Yep. This is our first, huh? No, not no? technically, but but this one is actually creepy. Yeah. It's not scary, though. No. You know, I'll tell you when I think, you know, like, oh, my gosh, this movie actually scared me. But okay. um, we haven't come across one yet. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Nice. So Pet Cemetery. I might even watch it tonight. I'm real excited. Do you know if it's on any platforms? This is, yeah. I do. Okay. Okay. Sweet. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for downloading. Yes. Please 
contact us at realnostalgic.com. If you have any questions about the podcast, yeah. if you have any movie requests, we'd love to hear from you. And you uh, can uh, follow us on Instagram. On, at Real Nostalgic. Um, you can find us on Stitcher. iTunes. Google Play. And. At realnostalgic.com. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what that was. Did yeah. you hear that weird sound? That was, yeah. Mystery sounds. <laughs> okay, you guys, with that, we're going to, um, we're going to say goodnight. Goodnight, everybody. Thank you. Keep listening. Tell a friend to tell a friend. That's right. All right, guys. Thank you. Good, thanks. Bye. Thank you again for downloading. We hope you liked it. Real Nostalgic is produced by Hollis Lazzarini with additional support from me, Terrence McHenry. Our logo was designed by Carissa Westfall. Please check out our website, realnostalgic.com. Like, share, subscribe, and write to us. We'd love to hear from you.